Hello and welcome to the third and goal podcast. We continue our season reviews this time. We go back to Los Angeles to speak about the Rams. Rams, of course, led by Jared Goff and the most exciting coach, Sean McVay. Exciting young coach in the business, Sean McVay. We head to a season which is a mixed outcome, but the emergence of some great young players. To join me, well, joining me today is, is Rob. Unfortunately, Dan is not able to be here, but we wish him well and hopefully he's back soon. Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Fred. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Um, well, I think well, what we'll do, we'll jump back, if that's okay, to the end of their 2019 season, as I like to do. Uh, mixed results. Beating cards, losing to the 49ers, losing to the Cowboys, but beating the Seahawks. Those results jump out at me as this <laughs> promise, surely, for the 2020 season in those, and the Seahawks and, and the cards win. Um, but the Cowboys are a bit of a strange, strange defeat. I don't know sort of how you how you read that there. I think when you look back at the Rams season, I suppose we should touch on the fact that, unfortunately, we couldn't find a Rams fan to join us. Um, we've done so well so far in getting guests on for mm. all these season reviews, and we've not managed to find one for the Rams, unfortunately. We did try. Tried um, and tried. But... Um, We've not managed it, so you're stuck with me and Fred, who are not Rams fans. Um, but we're going to try our best to give it a go. But mm. yeah, I think when you look back at their 2019 season and they finished nine and seven, and I think you can see that the Rams on paper are a much better team than that. And I think Sean McVay came out at the end of that season and said, "This is not good enough, and this is not what we expect." Um, so it wasn't a great season for them. Um, he did say they've got high expectations and that's not going to change. They lost a lot of players. Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Eric Weddle, Greg Zuerlein, Corey Littleton, Clay Matthews, Dante Fowler. Um, they tried and tried to trade Gurley as well, didn't they? And nobody wanted to... Uh... Nobody wanted to trade with the Rams for Gurley. And then obviously you guys, Rob, you really benefited from uh, from him being released. Yeah. I mean, if the Falcons had traded for him, I think I'd have been disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's, um, he has mm-hmm. issues with his knees and things, which is you know, terrible for someone at that age to have arthritis in your knees when you're a professional sportsman. And especially as a running back, it's not ideal. Um, but everybody knows when he is fit what he's capable of. I can remember going, in, going to see the Rams <clears throat> and Cardinals at Twickenham <clears throat> and the Rams destroyed the Cardinals, putting up over 40 points and Todd Gurley was basically behind that win. Every time he touched the ball, he just literally ripped through the Cardinals. Everybody knows what Todd Gurley can do but he is hampered by this knee injury. And mm. yeah, I was excited. Mm. I thought Todd Gurley coming to the Falcons, you know, I know he's got his injury issues, but if he can stay fit, if we can use him wisely and you know, if we can scheme well for him and, you know, he did stay relatively healthy, but, you know, the scheming and the offensive play calling and the offensive line, it wasn't able to put things together for him and now we've released him and he's still a free agent but you know I, I do hope that you know he goes on and finds another team and has a 
you know, I'm sure you know he's made more money than me and you will in our lifetime. <laughs> um, you know, he's still young, and you know, I hope he finds a landing spot somewhere <laughs> that you know I don't think he's going to be a clear cut RB number one in this league mm. anymore. But I hope potentially he's everywhere play a part. I'm sure we'll talk about Cam Akers, but the emergence of Cam Akers probably helped. Um, or the you know, I guess the fact that we're going to draft Cam Akers or looking at him probably helped the, the decision to get uh, released early prior to that season. I mean, just one thing I just want to touch on because it's going to come up at the end of the 2020 season as well. But obviously, the Rams and people around the Rams and Rams fans and, and non Rams fans probably all felt they were a bit hamstrung by the quarterback they had in Jared Goff. Um, but he had McVeigh's back and he had the, the Rams backing at that point, which obviously disappeared at the end of the 2020 season, which I'm sure we'll come on to. But uh, it was a recurrent theme for a couple of years and the view he was a bit of a limited um, quarterback as well. And I know you're not particularly high on him either, Rob. I don't, I don't know if I'm not particularly high on him, like, especially watching like Hard Knocks this year. I felt like him and McVeigh had a, really good relationship from what was shown mm. on there. And like you've said, I think Goff seemed to have McVeigh's backing. And I think as the season progressed, you could sort of see with comments that were coming out and then eventually being traded that that had sort of started to fall away a bit as the, as the season had, had gone on. Um, I don't know whether I'm just, you know, there's not really a quarterback that I've, really slated I don't think on this podcast I know I've defended Carson Wentz in the past where not <laughs> and I've spoken about you know the potential that Drew Locke has even though he looked like a frightened rabbit at some point this season you've slated Taysom Hill you've slated Taysom Hill I have slated Taysom Hill but he is a saint um, so, but we have found one Fred <laughs> <laughs> and I think Goff falls into that same sort of bracket where I just feel like he's at the moment, playing distinctly average, but I feel like he's got more to to give, and I don't think that going to the Lions is a landing spot where he can probably excel and shine in there. But you know, we'll have to see. I think you know the Rams have got a, a really good team, and I think they have failed to meet expectations. And it is easy when your team fails to meet expectations to start pointing the finger at the quarterback, especially when the Rams have got a such a great defence. Mm, absolutely. Well, their draft picks, are quite like the look of a couple of those. I mean, Cam Akers had kept back and kept back and exploded onto the scene against the New England Patriots. The stats prior to that game, as we sort of alluded to prior to this uh, recording today, obviously quite slim until that point. And then um, he had a hell of a game um, against the side that actually does well against, um, does well against uh, running backs as well. It, Going into that season, I mean, obviously, where they'd want to be, I mean, they were 9-7 the season before, so there was a slight improvement overall, but they'd want to obviously continue that. They're not too long ago in the Super Bowl, um, one of the most boring Super Bowls ever, which uh, which we beat them in, but it was one of the dullest Super Bowls I think we've ever seen. Um, but yeah, they head to Dallas week one. Not a comfortable win, but a win, 2017. And then sort of week two, I think, again, at this point, I've mentioned this on other pods and people who've played the Eagles early on, 
but a really comfortable win against an Eagles side who I don't think people saw being as bad as as how they actually turned out to be um, at that point. But, um, but yes, yeah, a solid start certainly from their perspective, and then uh, then a loss against a strong Bills side, which probably early gauges maybe to where they're at as a side, maybe a thirty five, thirty two. I don't know what you your thoughts on those first three were, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people expected Dallas to end up being as as poor as they were. Obviously, they were hampered by Prescott getting injured and things like that, which mm-hmm. he wasn't in that game. So, you know, decent win, something, a game that, you know, I probably would have expected him to win. Philadelphia, yeah, just a strange team at the moment, aren't they? You feel like <clears> ever since their Super Bowl win that you know, things have just, they're just imploding and things seem to just get worse for them every season. And, you know, 37-19 win is pretty comprehensive. And then Buffalo, you know, everybody fancied the Bills to be, you know, a, a playoff team and get into the last stages of the playoffs. And, you know, to to lose 35-32, you're not getting blown out. It's, no, not at all. It's, you know, you don't want to lose a game at all, but I don't think there's... You'd hope your defense could do better, especially when you've got a defense like the Rams have. But mm. you know, it's, you've lost by three points. There's, it's not the end of the world, is it? No, especially if you get, you know, the next few games that they've got. Mm. I mean, you'd fancy them to beat the Giants, which they did. You'd fancy them to beat Washington, mm. which they did. And the Bills have such a varied offense, as we touched on there. Obviously, and a quarterback, Singletary, Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Stefan Diggs. You know, these are all sort of high quality players and um you know that they've gone and blown teams out so you know to keep up with them and almost win at least you know gives you the idea that there's you know you can compete with with the better sides in this division which I guess is what they were sort of hoping for in terms of advancement. Um like you mentioned obviously they you know when to beat the chance when to beat the Washington football team who were poor at that point and a bit of a strange loss to a 49ers side again who they're not imploding anywhere near the same level as, as what the Eagles were. But, you know, you always feel like there's more in that 49ers side and they should be more consistent, potentially winning more games. And there's, again, question marks over their quarterback, much like, um, I guess, they were over, over Goff, I guess, really. But a bit of a strange, strange result, disappointing from a Rams perspective there. Well, I think well, San Francisco got to the Super Bowl the year before. And hmm. I think we have said on this podcast, you know, I've just said that. I've not really. I can't remember a time when I've really slated a quarterback on this podcast, and I'm not going to go out and slate Garoppolo. But you know, he's gone. <laughs> I'm not going to. But I don't think he is a quarterback which you want to build a franchise around if mm-hmm. you want to win a Super Bowl. Which sounds daft because they got to the Super Bowl last year and yeah. they could have won it, but. He's not, I don't think he's got that pedigree that, you know, some of the top-end quarterbacks have got. And I just feel like San Francisco have got all the pieces. They got to the Super Bowl last year, and I'm sure that they'd have been much, much, much better this season if they weren't, you know, if basically every starter on both sides of the ball was crippled. Mm. Um, And I'm sure a lot of 49ers fans would look at that season and think that it could have been much different if they'd have stayed healthy. So, you know, week six, I'm, they'd have lost some starters by then. I'm not, 
We've been talking about the 49ers in that game. Obviously, Kittle's still there, Debo uh, Samuel. You know, you, you've got you've got options, you've got weapons there, um, which Kittle particularly obviously dropped down and he got injured uh, later on in the year. And, you know, so you've still got some very, very good players and very good options from a 49ers point of view. But, you know, it's, it's offensively where the Rams really struggled in that game. He kept them down to 24 points. It's not a... Not a disaster, but Jared Goff, 19 of 38 and only 198 yards for that as well. Um, you know, Daryl Henderson rushing for 88 yards aside, no one really stands out um, at all offensively. The receiving core is pretty sort of varied, but not very, uh, no one sort of stands out again there. 56 yards, Tyler Higby is sort of largest catching receiver. So, yeah, it sort of let themselves down, I think, more than perhaps letting uh, San Francisco beat them there. But, again, you know, they're an organised side at times there defensively. And as you said, they sort of suffer with injuries later on down the line, didn't they? Um, moving on then, obviously, a, a good win against Bears, an improving Bears side, and um, defeat to Miami just before the bye week, which obviously did them some good. Not the defeat, but the bye week, because you come back, you beat the Seahawks, you go beat Tampa Bay, and it shows the central ceiling this side has, and, and what a good coach Sean McVay is as well. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird results in there, I suppose, aren't there? I mean, losing to Miami, who, you know, potentially in the next few seasons, if they play the cards right, it could become a a real force and I know we've said on here previously that they need some weapons on a wide receiver. I mean they went through I don't know how many running backs they went through this season. <laughs> you know, they're numerous. Um and Gisicki obviously is a great young tight end. But that is a game in this sort of season mm. where a team like the Rams would be expecting to beat a team like the Dolphins where they are. The Dolphins are putting the building blocks together in a couple of seasons. You could see them being a good team. I mean, they are, they're a decent team now, but you'd expect a team where the Rams are to, to beat them. Mm. I mean, after the bye week, they go and beat Seattle um, and then Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, they went on to win the Super Bowl and that's probably the I think with Tampa Bay, I, mean, I don't want to take anything away. I'm just going to say take anything away. the area of the season where Tampa Bay were maybe a little bit inconsistent. <clears throat> I think Tampa Bay started to <clears throat> put things together and go on a run a few weeks later down the line. No, I, I totally agree. I was, I was going to say something very similar, to be honest with you, because I don't want to take anything away from um, the Rams, but you know, Tampa would turn up one week and everything would click and the next week it wouldn't. And they were still trying to work out, I raised it a couple of pods ago, about how they were trying to work out how to how to throw a deep ball, basically. And, you know, Brady, you know, one of the best passers the game has ever ever seen, if, you know, is failing to hit receivers who are you know, 30, 20, 30 yards in front of him, which isn't typical. But that's, again, the lack of pre-season. That's the lack of camp and all that sort of stuff. And the longer that season went on, the better Tampa got. And that was another string to their bow, of a fantastic offense, but but you know you still have to be a good round side to go and beat, you know go and beat that Tampa side, don't you? And and you know what McVay is particularly good at, particularly where he you know as alluded to a little bit where he may have been hamstrung with Goff. I think that's up for debate. I, I don't mind Jared Goff personally, but but they don't blow teams away. They have to be organised. They have to be very on it 
defensively to win a lot of their games, don't they? I think it's sort of going through the scores here, I and mean, there's the amount of times they scored over over thirty points. You got what week two, uh, week thirteen, haven't you? So you know you need to be pretty good every um, every week defensively to. Yeah, and I think when you, look at, when you look at the players that they've got, and they've got Cooper Woods, uh, Coop, Cooper Cup, sorry, <laughs> they've got Woods, um, they've got Reynolds, well, they had Josh Reynolds, mm. um, he's gone now, and Higby. They've got the players there, and I'd, I just wonder whether this is where the sort of frustrations come in from McVeigh that they have got enough talent at wide receiver, at tight end, you know, and at running back. Can't quite understand why Acres from, you know, week two to <clears throat> week nine, where the bye week was, was getting less than 10 snaps mm. a game. And then when he started getting the opportunity, he really showed at the back end of the season what he could do. And, you know, when you've got Brown and Henderson Jr., being your leading rushes when you've you've picked someone in round two who then when you give him the opportunity at the back end of the season does produce for you. And I do just wonder whether this is where the frustration and has come in that look, we feel like we've got the weapons to produce mm. effectively and we're not doing it. And that's where the finger pointing started coming at Goff and then are you the man to lead this team? And we don't think so anymore. I think it's a really interesting marriage they've got going as well with Stafford because you've got the complete flip of that situation with Stafford and the argument he hasn't had the weapons, he hasn't had the protection um, and as a result hasn't got the results. So, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting one because on paper, like you say, the Rams do look exciting offensively and they do have these weapons and Stafford hasn't had those. And on paper, again, very good quarterback. In theory, this should work really well for both parties. Um, but there's a lot of pressure on Stafford, isn't it? A lot of pressure on his shoulders. I think this is an ideal landing spot for Stafford. And like I said at the start, I think it's could potentially be a disaster for Goff because Goff is going from having weapons around him and mm-hmm. not producing to going somewhere where there is no weapons <laughs> and... So how do they produce? I don't see how Jared Goff gets the opportunity to prove what he can do in Detroit. <clears throat> Whereas Stafford is, you know, a great quarterback, you know, that you feel like he's been hard done to in Detroit. Mm. He's had a, a good career, he's made loads of money, but he's not had the team around him to get that taste that proper success and I feel like going to the Rams that's going to give him the opportunity to do that well the interesting thing it's not just people like us saying it Rob you know it's not just fans of other teams it's, it's Detroit fans you know apologizing on Twitter and wishing him well and all the you know how often do you see these high profile moves where if oh, it was slating the player straight away but there wasn't any of that with Stafford it was really positive from a Lions point of view you know he deserves this he deserves this opportunity um, and that seems to be the feeling around the whole of the league, doesn't it, with regards to Stafford? Yeah, definitely. I think Stafford's a likeable guy. I think a lot of people do feel sorry for him with the way he's been. And, um, I think a lot of people, you know, think this is an opportunity now where he can go on and, and 
prove how good it, it can be. But getting back to the Rams in 2020, I mean, mm. look at how inconsistent they were after that San Francisco lost the second time round. They're going to beat Arizona 38-28. They're going to beat the Patriots 24-3. Do you want to talk about that, Fred? I will do, yeah. Um, <laughs> the emergence of, uh, of Cam Akers. So that was his first... Big game, really. Took 29 carries, 171 yards. He was excellent. And the disappointing thing from a Patriots point of view, obviously, we just destroyed the Chargers, 45 nothing. Uh, we had the whole week in LA. And you, you from a Patriots, I mean, you, I think you don't expect to go and beat the Rams. Don't don't get me wrong. The, the state the Patriots were in last year, but you do expect them to put a better show up because you have had that. You've had this week, which is very rare in this season. We've just had the ability to train as a team, and they spent time together as a team, and you know. LA at that time of year is a lot nicer than being in Boston, isn't it? So, in Foxborough. So, you'd want a better show from them. But actually, the Rams, very, very well organised on special teams, very well organised defensively. It was almost like a classic Bill Belichick performance against Bill Belichick because offensively, acres aside, weren't that special. Goff, you know, only 137 yards uh, with a touchdown and a, and a pick, you know. So, um, it's Raker's standout performance, but he provided the difference between the two sides, in all honesty. He was just um, just phenomenal. Um, from a Patriots point of view, Newton was Newton. Stidham <laughs> came in through five. MVP. MVP, yeah. <laughs> MVP. Through five from seven for 27 yards, you know, and uh, Harris rushed for 50 yards and the kill Harry Cole 49, which tells you everything you need to know um, from a Patriots point of view. But, you know, the Rams exposed our weak O-line. Um, quite a few sacks in there. Three, four, six sacks on Newton. You know, and that's not uncommon. But still, you still have to go and go and perform against what's put in front of you, which they did. So, yeah, it was a very sort of strong Rams performance defensively. But again, I think further highlights the sort of potential problems they have with Goff because they should have really blown us away um, in reality. Well, I think that goes on then. To, you look at those two wins against Cardinals and New England, and then they go and lose to the Jets. I mean, mm. it just it doesn't make sense, does it? A team that has got one of the best defences in the league, a team that has got weapons on offence, and you know, McVeigh spoke about you know what their expectations are at the end of 2019 and how they've not met them. To then be 9-4, and four, and then go to the Jets and lose. It was actually a home game. But, mm. you know, to have the Jets come to you and then lose, it just doesn't stack up to me. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think this is one of the things where you just, you never knew what Rams team mm. was going <laughs> to turn up. I mean, I watched that game and... To be, I mean, there's no way, I'll just put it straight out there, there's no way the Rams should lose the Jets. Absolutely no way at all. But I do feel the Jets were improving very slightly. Um, Donald was over his shoulder at that point. They had a, a you know, a permanent crowd of back. And there are people who, who could catch the ball, which is a big issue for them. But, I mean, if you're Sean McVay, and I think it was um, Frank Gore, who, uh, you know, 38, 39-year-old running back who um, got, Jets the first down so they could take the knee um, at that point to kill the game. I think if you're McVeigh watching that finish, you'd just frustration galore 
from from that point of view. And you know, again, the Jets were still looking to tank for Trevor at that point. I mean, you look at that fourth quarter, the Rams pick up ten points. They're doing their best to give you that game, but I, I don't know. It's just it's another frustrating. Like you said, where is the ceiling of that side with Goff at the helm with the weapons they've got? You couldn't, you can't pick it because they are so inconsistent. So yeah, we've alluded to that before, and I think that Goff is, you know, he's got he's got the team around him, and they're you know they've not got the greatest wide receivers in the league, but they're they're competent, they're above average, you know, people like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, you know, they're good players and they've got a top end defence. So um yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me how hmm. I think that they should have been doing better and I don't think they've met expectations. And I think, you know, <laughs> As I've said a couple of times, I think that's probably why it's easy then to start pointing the finger at the quarterback because you're saying, well, a lot of the other pieces we're happy with and why aren't we getting there and why aren't we scoring enough points? And I think as well, actually, again, just trying to make it really, really simple in that particular game, you know what you're getting when you go to New York. It's a, a defence that makes errors every game. They, they will make errors offensively they're quite limited I think the quarterback's okay I think Donald's okay the problem is you know the receiver core was a lot better in those final weeks granted with the Jets but their game is throw and catch they haven't really got a rushing game Frank <laughs> the age is that I mean you know he's never going to hit you for 100 yards is he you know you sort of you know what you're getting when you go there and you feel just if you turn up and be competent with the ability the Rams do have on paper they should should just run past the Jets in reality. Again, they, then they lose to the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that, that was a more comprehensive loss, but against a much better side. Yeah. Um, but again, I think, you know, with the defence that the Rams have got, you'd expect them when you've got Russell Wilson there, who has not got the protection and he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. For, <laughs> As it likes to remind everybody. God knows how many years. <laughs> you thought that their defence and their defensive line would have had a field field day that game. And But again, what is the problem there? The problem is they've only scored nine points. Mm. Your defence can keep an offence to 20 points. They're giving you a chance to win. Oh, 100%. You can't... They are... But then if your offense goes out and scores nine points in that game, where's the problem lie? And it lies with the offense. No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's got no better offensive. I mean, they, they beat the Cardinals. They, they win 18-7. And it's a little bit different, I guess, because obviously Goff got injured. So in comes John Wolford, who, you know, with his active, active LinkedIn profile, getting hounded the next day with DMs of congratulations for, for taking the team over the line. But, I mean, Wolford wasn't masses better. He threw for 231 yards, which is probably higher than Goff has for a lot of seasons. But he sacked, you know, sacked twice and, and threw an INT. But the, they somehow get over the line. And that's a big defence again, isn't it? You know, with the Rams, that's what's got them over that line. I mean, you know, slagged off the amount of times they scored over 30 points. But 
Um, I was wrong. I should have added a third one in there because they scored over 30 points against the Bills. But, um, but obviously, you know, you look at the amount of times they conceded over 20 points and um, you can count it on one hand. You get one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Well, I'm in Norfolk, so you can count it on one Norfolk hand. But, you know, <laughs> um, but again, it's just how hard that defence is working for you, isn't it? Well, the Rams were first in yards per game, which their defense allowed. They only allowed 281.9 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington were actually second with 304.6 yards per game. And the Rams' defense gave up 18.5 points a game, which is not a lot, is it? <laughs> throughout the season you're only conceding 18.5 points a game that is giving your offence a chance even if your offence has an off day you'd feel you've still got a chance you've still, yeah you've still got a chance there <laughs> I mean the Rams actually on offence weren't they were higher up than I anticipated they'd be I think the 12th um, with 377 yards per game and points scored average 23.3. So, you know, it's that's not the highest by any stretch. Um, but again, with the, when you've got the number one ranked defence in the league, it's giving you a chance to win. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean... Oh no! So, I mean, I was slating them off a lot, which I think we probably have in certain areas. But it's still a reasonably successful regular season there in ten and six. And obviously, moving on to the okay. playoff. Am, if you allow me, I'm yeah, go for it because I've just had a, another look. Right. Sorry for the silence there. Although there were twelve. In um, average yards per game, they were 24th in average points per game at 23.3. Mm-hmm. But still, I think when you've got when you've got the players that they've got and when you've got the defense that they've got, they should be doing better than than what they are. And you know, a 10.6 season is not disastrous, but it got them into the playoffs, but I think you look at that Rams team and expect them to be better. And I think that putting someone like Stafford in there would give them that opportunity. No, absolutely. And going forward to this um, to the playoffs, there. So obviously, up against Seahawks, um, yeah, up against Seahawks, and. It was an interesting one because it was a bit of a rocket up the arse of um, of Jared Goff, to be honest with you. Because I think, again, Wolford wasn't fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he liked what they saw. In a sense, he, he tried to have a go and tried to throw. And um, I think what you then saw is, you know, the determination in Goff. And you mentioned about the relationship him and McVeigh have, and it's, reasonably, it's a reasonably tight relationship. But the determination in Goff to play that game of a broken right thumb, bearing in mind, you know, this is throwing hand as well. Um, it says a lot about his character, and he came out and tried to manage the game. I watched, I watched large parts of the game, and obviously they won reasonably comfortably. But again, it's, it's a 
fairly limited performance once again for a team that scored 30 points. You, you're relying on your your rushing game. Like Cam Akers having another really big game, 131 yards. You know, he's he's almost caught up with Goff for yards. You know, Goff's for 155 acres. Well, he's rushed 131 of those. And it's a, you know, it's a big relief for them. They have a, a running back who's able to put in big games like that in those big games, really, because again, they're a poor circle in the drain on this point, I guess, really, because we're coming back and back and back and back again. But And they've gone and addressed it, but it's the same issue again. And if it wasn't for Akers' rushing ability in that game, it's a different story. But again, it's the defence keeping down to 20 points also helps again as well. Yeah, I mean, in that game, I think Goff played... I mean, it was worst-case scenario for them, wasn't it? Having to put Goff back in with a broken thumb or whatever mm. it was. I think you feel like he played better than... Yeah. You know, he, he stood up and was counted that game. And mm. I don't think you can fault him at all. I think he probably... I think the Lion should break his hand every... every <laughs> make sure his hand's broken every week next season. <laughs> um, but, you know, when Wolford went out and... Goff had to come in and I thought, you know, this is not going to end well for them. But then, you know, you look at the following week where they then go to Green Bay in the divisional round. And that for me was always going to be the Green Bay offense against the Rams defense. And then could... Could the Rams' offense put enough points on the board mm. after that? And I think Aaron, um, Aaron Donald was injured for that game. They had some other injuries on defense, and you know Green Bay went and put thirty-two points up and won thirty-two eighteen, and that effectively ended their season. But I can see why you know, it wasn't a disastrous season getting to the no. divisional round. But I do just feel like the Rams have got more to give. Um, as I've said, and I think you know, next season will be a you know with the new quarterback. What can we? What can we achieve? Absolutely, there's no there's no shame in losing losing two Green Bay. Like you said, you you need McVeigh to really coach that team with every ounce of his ability in that game to get them close because you know realistically where your limits are in terms of offensively and you're saying to that team right we need another big defensive performance and it's not a big defensive performance against the Patriots or the Cards or someone like that it's, it's against uh, an Aaron Rodgers who's really fired up because they drafted in a QB really early the year before and he just played all year as if he's got a point to prove and he was fantastic again and you know you've got Aaron Jones on rushing and uh, Jamal Williams you've got so many options in that offense that no matter what you do as Sean McVeigh or, or defensively as a as a Rams unit there, they've got so many options to go to that Packers side. And that is just, they are the next level up from the Rams. And, you know, it's, there's no no shame in, um, in a defeat there. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, but I think, you know, the when you look at the way the entire season played out and, <laughs> you know, injuries to quarterbacks and things like that, and, you know, if other things have gone their way, they had injuries on defense as well. That you know, they are probably better than what they've shown in the last couple mm. of seasons. And you know, I can imagine that there's some frustration amongst Rams fans, and um, that's probably why they don't want to come in here and talk to us, Fred. That, you know, they, feel, 
they could be better than than the they've shown. Well, question we usually ask at this point is where can they improve in free agency in the draft um, this year? But I think with the obvious option, which we've, we've spoken about quite a lot of times, has been gone and done. We've spoken about hopefully the effect that will have. And as you sort of alluded to there, their, their ceiling now should be, should be that bit high. You've got to think, as fancied as Stafford is, he's got to probably get at least another couple of wins out of that that offense, hasn't he? With all those weapons. Yeah, I think so. And I think you know the experience he's got, the composure that you know comes with that experience, and I guess Goff's never fully really got got it together. Um, and I do just think that someone like Stafford, who mm. has got that quality. And that I think he's still got that hunger and he wants to prove himself and he knows where he's been with the Lions and I think he'll be relishing the opportunity to go to a team like the Rams and really push them on. And I think it'll be interesting to to see where, where they go from here. Well, it's a very, very exciting league. NFC West, for me, is the most exciting division next year. You look at the moves the cards have made, um, bringing in JJ Watt and it's, it's you know, it's a... Even more experienced, Kyler Murray. Now, um, you know he's had a few years. Now's the time. You know he'll want playoff football, um, and they're they're a very very inconsistent side. They'll go and win big games, beating the Bills, but they'll go and lose to teams who they should go and beat. So, will they get it right this year and make that division even more competitive? Seahawks are going to be good again, and you think the Forty ers are probably going to be going to be better. Yeah, I think it's definitely the toughest division in football right now. Mm. And you've got four teams in there who all believe that they can go on deep playoff runs. I'm sure that you know the Cardinals are thinking that you know we've got a young quarterback and we're still building, but with Hopkins and you know everything else that we can, we've got the good foundations to to build a, a good team here. Mm. You look at the um, 49ers and I'm sure they're looking at it thinking look two years ago we were in the Super Bowl last year we were decimated by injuries and mm. if we can stay healthy this year and you know we've moved up in the draft if we get a quarterback then and they can come in and, and play straight away in our scheme that you know we can be competitive and I'm sure the Seahawks are thinking the same and I'm sure the Rams now are looking at it and thinking we've got all the pieces to go and win the division I think every team in that division mm. will be thinking we can win this division, and it's well, a it's a interesting thought, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. No, I totally agree, and I think you look at that. I think Seahawks they'll want a minimum of twelve wins. The Rams have they've got to want a minimum of twelve wins. I can't see a world where they don't. Cardinals, I think they think they can probably win ten. I think they'd be happy with ten. Continue building, but Forty Nineers again, minimum of ten, but they. They think, obviously, without being decimated by injury, maybe they can get to 12 as well. Yeah, but there's not enough games for them all to win, you know, all to win that many, is there? So it's, no, it's I think very this, interesting. I think the divisional games are going to be key, aren't they? Mm. You know, they've got to play each other twice. And it'll just be, you know, I think it's a exciting division. You've got four teams who all aspire to be you know, I'm sure they all aspire to be deep playoff teams. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So final final bit from you, Gordon Rob, you can have the uh the pleasure of the final question. What winning record, obviously it's gotta be a winning record, surely, but what what is a good good outcome for the Rams next year? I think twelve wins, what do you think? I think these divisional games, like I say, are gonna be key. And I could honestly see like the divisional games being, you know, if you said to me that all the divisional games are going to be split 50-50 all the way through, I wouldn't think that would be ridiculous. Pretty so, close to that last year, bar one game. Yeah. So, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 11 to 12 wins for the Rams next season. How deep into the playoffs do they go if they get there? I think divisional round at least is what they'll they'll be aiming for or hoping for. But I think it's all gonna you know it's all gonna come down to what impact Stafford has. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he propelled them further than you know what I'm not saying Stafford going there makes them Super Bowl contenders, but I think he does give them that extra bit that Goff didn't. Well, thank you, uh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, we've done the Rams justice. If you are a Rams fan, please get in touch because we will be talking about the Rams at later points as well. And we'd love to have uh, a real Rams fan on here. But um, hopefully, we've done you guys justice. And thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye.